ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد عبد الله بن عباس رضي الله عنهما mention that whenever we come across an ayah in the Quran that begins with O oh, you who believe Allah is either going to pay attention because Allah is either going to tell us to do something good that's for our benefit or to avoid something that would be harmful for us that would be harmful to us the main concept here is to begin by looking inside first to look internally first so when I come across an ayah Throughout the Qur'an, anywhere in which Allah especially says, Ya amanu, Step one is for me to look inside myself, to look in my heart, to look in my chest, to look in my being, before I look at any other believer. Someone may read an ayah that begins with, O you who believe, and immediately think of this person who they know, that's a believer, someone else who's a believer, this person who's Muslim, that person who's Muslim. But that's not the immediate response that we should have. The immediate thought process that we should have is, how can I benefit from this? What can I take away? What kind of fruit can I take away from this tree of an ayah? How can I benefit from this? What do I need to take note of? What do I need to know? What do I need to learn? What do I need to practice? How can I make improvements within myself? When a person embarks on that journey, of trying to improve their internal condition for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah will give them more and more light within their heart, which will allow them to see more and more, you know, different nooks and crannies that they can work on internally. And then they start to work on those. And then Allah gives it. It's kind of like someone, if they have like this huge, you know, four car garage, for example, and it's packed with just a whole bunch of stuff that has accumulated over several decades, maybe even several generations. It could be one of those homes that has like three different generations living within that home. And maybe things accumulated over the years, unintentionally, but sometimes these things, they happen. So let's say the light in the garage, the lights, they don't work, but maybe someone, they say, okay, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to turn on the flashlight in my phone because we don't have batteries to put in the regular flashlights. And I'm just going to work on a few things right in front of the door when you enter that garage from the house. So let's say they do that and they notice that, wow, okay, I need to work on this, that I forgot this was even here. I forgot that was even there. And before they know it, five hours have passed on that Sunday afternoon and they only got through like one box of things that they had. And then they come back again the next week and they work on more things and more. The more we work on ourselves internally, the more we see and the more we, the more we realize that, you know, I actually have more to work on within myself than I initially realized. I thought it was just going to be one box, but then lo and behold, there's another and another and another. And over time, the person starts to notice and realize that Man, I have so much stuff in my own garage, in my own heart, that I need to organize, that I need to clean, that I need to repurpose, that I need to give away in charity, that I need to do whatever with, 
There's so much that I have in my own garage, in my family's garage. I don't have the luxury, even if I wanted to, and even if it was true, to criticize my neighbor's garage who looks the exact same way. Actually, maybe their garage looks better than mine. Imagine they have half the stuff going on, half the clutter in their garage than I may have in mine, in this, in this metaphor, in this example. A person would be foolish to, to go up to that person and criticize them. Man, you really, need a, you really need to work on your garage. The audacity, the arrogance that person must have has, has to be at an extremely high level. Why are they more concerned about their neighbor's garage that is halfway cluttered as opposed to their garage that's entirely cluttered? Step one, to look internally. Step one, to look within our own heart. And when you do that, you start to notice more and more, wow, you know, let me, let me work on this, let me work on that. When was the last time I gave sadaqah? Let me give something to somebody. When was the last time I gave sadaqah? Not just financially, which is good and important, no question. But when was the last time I took something, some material thing that I love, that's sentimental for me? It could be a special pair of shoes. It could be a special scarf. It could be a special this, that, or the other. When was the last time I took something that I love? Maybe it is, maybe it's not worth that much economically, like if someone has their, you know, their, their grandfather's watch and maybe it's, it's nothing to write home about, so to speak, but to them, I mean, if you went to a pawn shop, maybe it's 10 bucks, but for them, if this was, you know, the watch that their grandfather wore and all the stories and it was passed down and that's very sentimental. For example, when was the last time I took something, whatever it is that I love, and I intentionally gave something that I love because it's something that I love? Because I want to take the ayah and practice it. When was the last time I came across the ayah in Surah Ali Imran and I paused and it shook my heart and I felt that, you know what, today, today I'm going to take this ayah and put it into practice. I'm going to take something, whatever it is, and I'm going to start thinking about what it is that I'm going to give away and who I'm going to give it to, why that thing and why to that person. Because we want it to be meaningful. We start to notice internally more and more that, you know what, let me, let me, you know, maybe if someone's still working on that first box, maybe they still have a little judgment within them regarding their neighbor's garage. But then they get to their second box and their third, and then by the time they're on month number four, they, they, they don't even notice their neighbor has a garage, open or closed. That's not my concern. Let me, let me focus on myself. O oh, you who believe, ya amen. What does this ayah begin with? O oh, you who believe, what should my response be? Let me look within myself. Let me look within my, my own analogous garage. O oh, you who believe, save yourselves and your family members from the fire. Step one, myself. Step two, my family. With rahmah, not harshness. With rahmah, with love, with mercy, with kindness, with generosity. And then step three, the community. What was the formula of Prophet Ibrahim salam? Prophet Ibrahim, think of the maqam, the status, the station of Prophet Ibrahim salam. Allah said, Allah Azza wa Jal said that he took Prophet Ibrahim salam as his khalil. As his khalil, as his closest friend. And Prophet Muhammad was also given that rank sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Prophet Ibrahim, and this is later in his life, so it's not, this isn't like early on, this is later. 
My Lord, forgive me, forgive my parents, and forgive the believers the day the account is established. What did he start with? Think of his maqam, think of his status, his station, his iman, his taqwa. Think of who this figure is in human history. What was his primary concern? Ya Allah, forgive me. My Lord, forgive me. My Master, forgive me. My caretaker, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive my family, uh, my parents. So the first layer is the self. The second layer is the family. He highlights his parents specifically. And then after that, the community. And forgive the believers the day the account is established. We should be so busy trying to clean up our own metaphorical garages. We don't, we don't have the luxury, the interest. We don't have eyes for other people's clutter. Even though it may be there, we may generally be aware of it. We're passing by. We may not realize the garage is open, but as soon as we notice it's open, we look down. Right, we lower our gaze in that context. Right, the Prophet taught us that you shouldn't be going and like looking into, you know, peeking into your neighbor's homes. The Prophet gave a stern warning against that. Not just regarding the eyes, also the heart. Also the eyes of the heart. In Surah Al-Hajj, when, when Allah describes real blindness, Allah says real blindness is in connection with the eyes of your heart. فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبِصَارُ وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورِ Real blindness, Allah is saying this. Al-Basir, the all-seeing. Al-Alim, the all-knowing. As-Sami'ah, the all-hearing is the one telling us real blindness. Who gave us eyes in the first place? Allah. Allah is telling us real blindness is not the blindness of your eyes, rather real blindness is the blindness of the heart. I mention all of this as a preface before some ayat that I want to touch upon from Surah An-Nur. I want to shed a little bit of light on these two ayat from Surah An-Nur. Famous ayat in connection with hijab. What's interesting to note is when you look at these two ayats specifically, these are a few verses before the famous ayat of Nur. Look at what Allah talks about right before the ayat of Nur and then right after the ayat of Nur. There's a lot of, a lot of food for thought that we can, we can benefit from. This is a few ayat before that ayat. In the first of these two ayat, what's commonly quoted in connection with this topic of hijab is the second of the two. When Allah addresses the believing women, and Allah mentions some things in, in connection with that. It's also important for us to note, this is a madani surah. So this is later on in the Prophet's life, It's also important to note, hijab was not mandated until the 17th or 18th year into the mission of the Prophet, What does that tell us? If the best generation of Muslims were given over a decade and a half to generally grow and develop and survive, especially regarding their identity as believers, as Muslims, then sometimes we need to take a step back and keep that in mind. If someone, if they convert to Islam today, you don't say tomorrow you have to start, brother, you have to start growing your beard, sister, you have to start wearing hijab. Give people time, let them breathe. That's not how Allah revealed the Qur'an. That's not how the Prophet dealt with his community, sallallahu Little by little by little. And Sayyidina Aisha, think of who Sayyidina Aisha is, radiallahu anha. This amazing figure in human history, not just Islamic history, human history, especially in the context of female scholarship in human history. She would say, this was later, she would say that had Allah early on had Allah made drinking alcohol forbidden or zina forbidden, adultery, fornication, had Allah made these things forbidden early on, people, they would have said, we can't. 
is too much. Rather, Allah started with foundational concepts. The hereafter, God is one. Taqwa, what's your relationship with Allah like? The day of judgment is real. Heaven and hell are real. The foundation was laid first, just like with any building, with any structure. You have to lay the foundation first. You have to lay it properly. If, if, if there's a house in, in whichever part of the U.S., for example, say Malibu, uh, the zip code, the, the area code, the this, that, or the other, as beautiful as that house may be, it may have a pool, your neighbor may be this celebrity, that one, but if the foundation of that house is severely damaged, the price goes down significantly. But you can't see the foundation. It doesn't matter. That's how important it is. That's like the foundation of taqwa for the believer in their heart. And the Prophet pointed where when he said, At-taqwa ha-huna, pointing three times. Pointing to his heart, pointing to his chest. The foundation is here. The seed is here. The seed of love of Allah is here. Is in the heart. And then you water it. You, nur- you nourish it. You nurture it. And then it grows. And then it affects your words. It affects your limbs. It affects how you dress. It affects how you eat. Who you hang out with. How you talk. How you treat people. Do you give charity or not? So on and so forth. Is transformative from the inside out, not the other way around. Just to keep this in mind. The first of these two ayat, it's interesting that Allah addresses the believing men. Think about this. In these two famous ayat in connection with hijab in Surah An-Nur. When you look at these two, the first of these two, Allah addresses the believing men. وَقُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Say to the believing men to lower their gazes and to protect their chastity. So step number one, what is Allah saying? Men, get it together. Men, focus on yourselves. Oftentimes, unfortunately, who's the most judgmental, right, regarding sisters who may be struggling with hijab? Oftentimes it's men. Allah is telling us, step one, look inside yourself. Are you where you want to be in terms of your iman and taqwa? Are you where you need to be? That is step number one. That is priority number one. Because in the grave, we're asked, who is your Lord in the singular? You're not asked about your family, your community, your neighbor. Your, who is your Lord? What is your deen? What do you say about this man, sallallahu alayhi wa It's individual. It's individual. And how should we go about this internally regarding ourselves? Rahma, mercy, love, kindness, not self-loathing. Rahma. And then... What should manifest when we deal with other people? Rahmah, kindness. How many people, what brought them to, to, to Islam is the character of other people? How many people, what brought them closer to practicing the faith in whatever capacity is because they met the right Muslims? And that transformed them. Wow, these people, they're different. These co-workers, they're different. These classmates, they're different. Let me hang out with them more. And then they learn more about Islam and then they become, how many stories do we know of converts? They're way more awesome than the rest of us combined, mashallah. They take it seriously. It takes time though. In the first of these two ayat, Allah addresses the men. Allah says, believing men, lower your gazes. So first, even the eyes are mentioned. And then Allah mentions sexuality. Protect your chastity. And then when Allah addresses the believing women, Allah also tells them to lower their gazes. And then Allah mentions some details regarding the khimar. And if anyone says that, you know, there's this new age interpretation of, of like, you know, hijab and this. and 
It's right there in the terminology. Khimar is something that covers your head. It's there, but it's not necessarily easy. A lot of people struggle. We ask Allah to make things easy for all of us. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in inna allahu wa malaikatahu yusallun ala nabiyya ayuhu alladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima sallallahu ala muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I'll conclude with this for the sake of time at the end of these two ayat what does Allah conclude with after addressing first the believing men in ayah one of these two and then at the end of ayah two of these two what does Allah how does Allah cap these two ayat Allah addresses all of us. All of the believers do tawbah. All of the believers seek forgiveness. So all of you may be successful in this life and the next. And falah is the best word in Arabic for success in connection with this life and the next. We ask Allah to guide all of us. We ask Allah to forgive all of us. We ask Allah to soften all of our hearts. We ask Allah to fill our hearts and our character with compassion internally towards ourselves first and foremost, also to our family members, also to our community. We ask Allah to forgive us, to forgive our parents, and to forgive the believers the day the account is established. ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين وأقم الصلاة